0: Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at pirb.co.za for more.
1: Hey, warm welcome to our audience my name is Willem Tilpa I'm your host and in this episode we are going to discuss and we're going to have a lack of technical discussion around pressure release valves overflow and uh, again with me in studio uh, Richard Bailey. Richard welcome thanks for joining me today for this podcast.
2: Hi Willem yeah thanks very much man as always it's a pleasure being here I, I really do yeah I look forward to these to these podcast sessions.
1: Mm, specifically, these these technical ones. I mean, this the value that it carries to to the plumbers out there. I'm sure that it's it's the, the information we share here and is is in, actually invaluable to them.
2: And and, and yeah, and, and as we've always said, Willem, it's not just for the plumbers. Yes, of course, it is for the plumbers. It's it's the it's it's our industry. Um, but the, these these podcasts, especially the technical ones, I try to gear it towards um, you know a layperson being able to understand what, what we're on about because it's important that Mrs. Jones knows what, for example, I mean, we're talking about BRV overflows today. It's important they know what it is. What it is. And so I, I would like to make it accessible to them and, and just not, not so that they become plumbers overnight, but just so that they know the basics and know what to look out for and it, it really becomes a valuable tool for them as well.
1: Yeah, to the consumer as well.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it, the, so so this podcast is a case in point because um, it is w- a, the, one of the most common things in in geese. I mean, we, we, every single plumber knows exactly what this is. It's not like they have to now listen to this podcast to learn what a PRV overflow mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. But 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 Mrs. Jones doesn't. Yeah, and and it's important for us to reiterate to the plumbers as well what. Exactly what it's there for, and mm. and 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 of course there are requirements surrounding it. So we do delve very lightly delve into the standards as well, or the requirements, should we say. Mm.
1: Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this.
0: Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za.
1: Here we are. (laughs) How's it to our audience? Lack of technical discussion this morning again. And um, yeah, PRV... uh, what exactly is it?
2: So a PRV, it's just an acronym for pressure relief valve in a, in a plumbing system. Now, a pressure relief valve is different to a PRV is different to a PCV, uh, which is a pressure control valve. So a pressure control valve and a pressure relief valve are two different things. However, as plumbers, we usually refer to the unit which combines both of those functions into one valve body. We usually refer to it as a PRV. So when you hear a plumber saying this is a PRV, it usually uh, includes the PCV part of the valve. In other words, the pressure control. I'll briefly explain the difference between the two. The pressure control valve is a mechanism by which a high incoming pressure is reduced down to a suitably acceptable pressure, lower pressure to feed a geezer. So a geyser tank is rated to a particular pressure. You can't put infinite amount of pressure onto a tank it'll rupture and explode and kill somebody so you have to bring it down to a particular pressure and they are rated at X pressure either 100 or 200 or 400 or 600 kPa for that matter or 0 kPa mm-hmm. whatever it is in the case of a pressure system that valve brings the overall pressure down to an acceptable level for the geezer that's the control part of it usually as part of that valve body you have what we call the PRV, pressure relief component. It is, a, it is an additional function within the same body. Sometimes it's just a little separate guy which is screwed into a body. Sometimes it's integrated into the housing. Depends on the design of the valve. Now that, in turn, does nothing to control the incoming pressure, but what it does do is it reads what pressure the tank is at. Mm-hmm. We're talking downstream of the valve. And it will, if it detects any additional pressure at the tank downstream, it will then open itself up and allow that pressure to be relieved. So hence the name pressure relief. So you have a component which controls the incoming pressure. At the same time, within that same body is another component which senses the downstream pressure and opens up to relieve uh, excess pressure before ruptures or damages the tank. So that's the difference between PRV and PCV. Today we're going to talk specifically about PRV, the the, the actual the relief component mm. and the overflow pipe attached to it.
1: Can I just ask quickly, again from a layman's perspective, perspective uh, Richard, um, whether it be one component, one body, or two different bodies as you've explained, um, are these attached uh, at the uh the inflow where where water goes into the 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 uh yeah. the geyser
2: yes uh, and 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 so so just imagine a di- a, a, a system uh, where any any part or any plumbing system will have a, a an intended direction of flow right so mm-hmm. you the intention for, is for water to flow from point A to point B not from B back to A again anyway yeah. so without getting too technical so you mm-hmm. will you will have the valve what we call upstream of. In other words, if the water is flowing in X direction, it will arrive at the valve before it arrives Uh at the geyser. So it's it's upstream of the geyser and the geyser is downstream of it. Mm -hmm. So yes, you put it upstream of the geyser because remembering that the downstream side of the valve will have already have reduced the pressure. So the valve will have reduced the pressure and the, the relief component of that valve wants to be able to detect or sense the pressure or measure the pressure on the downstream side from the geyser. Mm. Uh, Willem, just remembering that any static and, 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 and usually plumbing systems are not static, they are dynamic, but, mm. but in, the, in the event for this, you know, for this explanation, any static system, hydraulic system, will have an equal pressure throughout itself if it's static. We're not talking about uh, dynamic dynamic uh, systems, but if nothing's flowing and it's just sitting there, if you measure the pressure at this point of the pipe or you measure the pressure 100 meters down at that point of the pipe, if it's static, those two pressures will be the same. Mm-hmm. So the, the the relief valve is can, can take a pressure measurement very well. well it, it measures it within the valve body, which could be like 10 meters away from the geyser. Okay. But it is it is still measuring the actual pressure which is inside the geyser because all things being equal, it is a static system. Hydraulics work that way where 10 kPa here will, here will be 10 kPa over there unless things, things start to flow. But yeah. it is so designed where there's redundancies and safety mix, safety margins worked in. So that's where it measures the pressure. I think… At this time, we, we weren't really supposed to go into this, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to mention now that because of the critical nature of the pressure relief valve and the function it serves, which we'll get into now, now, it is vital that we make sure that nothing is installed between it and the tank that is able to stop flow of water back to the valve. Like a, like a tap. A yeah. shut-off valve, or a non-return valve, or something like that. Often, you'll find that there is something installed between the pressure control valve and the tank that will not allow water to flow backwards. And we'll, you'll see why that is critically important in a minute.
1: All right. So, talking about water flowing backwards, let's let's say the. Uh, the the pressure within the tank itself gets too high, um, you, you you use the term water flowing backwards now, so that pushes it back into the actual supply pipe, and then that pressure relief valve lets it out somewhere. Yes,
2: is that correct? That, that's that's correct. So 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 now it's the, now it's a question of what would cause excess pressure in the geyser. So there's a couple of things, but the most common and what will happen every single day of that geyser's life is the heating of the water. You're allowing cold water into a tank, into an enclosed vessel, and you're applying heat. Uh, It's not open-ended, it's a pressurized vessel. It's enclosed, it's made of copper or steel or whatever, Mm -hmm. fiberglass, and that water expands. There's an expansion coefficient that water has gotten. It's quite uh, considerable. So as you heat that water, the water expands and that's that will increase the pressure in a closed system one shot. So immediately you start heating the water, you will have excess pressure and you will have water wanting to flow backwards.
1: Okay.
2: Now, it can't flow backwards into the main supply before the valve because that's higher, yeah. let's say, let's assume that that's higher pressure than the geezer is able to handle. So it can't do that. Mm. So it's got to escape somewhere. And that's the function of the relief valve, the relief component. So it, just by means of a spring and a seat, it senses the the, the, the pressure. It says, hey, okay, it's a little bit high, and it overwhelms the spring. Uh, and The spring lifts, the seat lifts, and it allows some water to escape. And it keeps the, um, the pressure to an acceptable level within the system. So mm-hmm. that will happen every single time the air. Element and thermostat decide to switch on and start to heat the water, mm. which could be two or three or four times a day, depending on your usage patterns. For sure. Now, to give you an example or just a kind of an idea as to what to expect volume wise from this thing, if you had a 150 liter geezer, which is a common size for a home, and you heat it one heating cycle. You could easily expect to discharge between two and three liters of water from the uh, pressure control valve, pressure relief valve. I beg your pardon. Now that's a lot of water. I mean, if mm. you put a bucket under there, it looks like a considerable leak. Uh, and 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 so what happens is people start to get nervous about it, and they say, "Oh gosh, we got a problem. I better phone a plumber." But it's important for people to understand that two to three liters. And if it's happening multiple times a day maybe five liters a day of sure. water can be can be uh, released from that valve um which is perfectly normal the, the the one rule of thumb that we have for this valve is that it must be intermittent the flow has to be intermittent you cannot uh, you 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 will recognize that something is wrong when it is a constant flow mm-hmm. Uh, which which doesn't stop, or if it's if it's quite a lot, like like a like a, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word dribbling. If it's dribbling, mm. or or anything more than dribbling, th- that's a problem. At its very worst, it should be dripping rapidly. There shouldn't be there should be separation of the droplets. Now I'm not. Yeah. Please, uh, there's a there's a there's. Ten million geezers out there each with its own characteristics so don't rush out now and look at the thing and say oh you said it was this and that but, so but but it, if it's a if it's a rapid dribble or a, or a running that's a problem if it's as if it's a drip which is intermittent it's doing its job
1: before we continue with our conversation have a listen to this
0: Introducing the Plumbing Industry Registration Board Company Registration Portal. Now you can register your company to have access to more benefits, including purchasing and allocating certificates of compliance to your PRB registered employees. Visit www.pirb.co.za to find out more information.
1: Let's get back to why we're having this podcast. So we, we spoke about the fact the, the you know the function of the PRV. And the fight, uh, the fact that every time a geyser heats up, uh, then obviously it's it's gonna it's gonna uh, get pressure and it's gonna push back into the pressure release valve. It's gonna drip, uh. it can be up to uh, you know up to five liters a day, but on average two to three liters a day. But uh. but why this podcast? What what needs to be said regarding? Um, and especially the overflow, um, because we, we did say at the beginning of this podcast that, you know, we're speaking about not only the pressure release valve itself, but also pressure release valve overflow.
2: Mm. So, so just to, to, to go back to when, when we, when we, when I mentioned that, you know, the flow, the type of flow coming from that overflow, uh, uh, it should be X, Y, and Z. It should drip and not dribble. It should drip, not run. It should be intermittent, not uh, so. That gives us a clue as to as to a couple of requirements surrounding this 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 overflow. First and foremost, it is used and should be used and should be viewed as something to assist in making certain diagnosis of certain problems mm-hmm. within a GIZA.
1: Type of an indicator now, for that uh, lack correct. of better terms.
2: Exactly that. It, it, in fact, that's the best term. I, I, it, I wouldn't. I not think of. I couldn't think of that. But you did. So, but, but yes, it's an indicator uh, that there's something else wrong. So as long, as long as um, uh, th- that this overflow is uh, visible and that you are able to monitor it on a daily or weekly basis, whatever the case may be, you. Uh, are able to at least diagnose certain problems within a Giza that might or might not occur so the, and bearing in mind it's not the only uh, little component in a Giza installation that 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 will indicate problems but it's one of them it's one of them and it's a requirement that it is uh, monitorable it's visible mm. it must be visible you must be able to monitor it so for example uh, you know we've spoken about the regular day to day heating of a Giza and that will Produce your regular drip, okay? Intermittent drip. As soon as the the element uh, is switched off, where where the where the um, the thermostat has sensed that the geyser has reached the correct temperature and it switches off the power supply, the element stops heating, the water stops expanding, that drip will stop. Uh-huh. Right, so there we go and that's hence the intermittent nature of the correct drip right yeah but if there's if there's remember that it the, the valve doesn't differentiate between any kind of um it doesn't know this pressure from that pressure all it does is just a spring against the seat and it and it will react to any excessive pressure within the system which could be caused by other things as well such as what we call uh, uh back pressure for example is a is a quite a common thing that happens i'm not going to go into the dynamics and the, and the details of back pressure and how it how it occurs but essentially what happens is some water supply usually the cold high pressure water supply is somehow or another connected to the hot water uh, supply they interconnect via some mechanism and the cold overwhelms the hot flows backwards into the geyser and that pressure then overwhelms the prv which then will start to to run um uh, or or drip uh constantly okay so a constant drip would indicate an issue um it could also just be that the PRV itself, the pressure relief valve itself, is faulty. Yeah, it could be dirty, um, it could be uh, damaged, it could be uh, calcified up, calcification, or whatever the case may be. Whatever the case is, it's a good indicator as to potential issues within yeah. the within the system. Yeah,
1: interesting to know that it's it's not only an indicator of something being necessarily wrong with the pressure release valve itself, but Something else that may be wrong within the flow of your or the pressure of your 100%. of your plumbing, very interesting. So you 100%. mentioned you mentioned that it's it's a good thing and it is actually a requirement for this r- valve to be visible. Yes, so that you can monitor it. But what about nuisance factors?
2: Mm. Yeah, so it, it is a requirement that the valve is visible, and it's exactly for the reasons that I've that I've set out uh, the, because it is an indicator, and you need to be able to see it. However, you know. Go back to our dear friends, the the designers and architects. <laughs> they, they 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 don't necessarily um, sometimes uh, um, want to see this thing, and they are their in, the, their instructions are to the plumber that it must be hidden, and, and so on. But anyway, when so so sometimes when when we come across things that have been deliberately hidden by under instruction, um, and we rectify the situation, there's very little option but to take it out to a space where it could perhaps cause a nuisance. Uh-huh. The standards are quite clear that, A, it must be visible, and you must be able to discern it and detect and, and see what's happening with it. So that's A. And B, it must be uh, in such a position not to cause a nuisance. So, uh-huh. you, so if you – and that's in the standards. So you can't, as a plumber, just put it over somebody's front – Stop. Um, because every time they walk in the front door, they slip on on a wet paving slab or a or some moss growth or something like that. Mm. For example, if you have a dripping very close to a foundation of a of a home over years and years and years, and it's it, you, you cause damage. It's a it's a problem. So the the overflow, you must understand that it is going to run or drip every single day. The, it, wherever it is, you're going to have permanent moisture there permanent yeah Yeah. so you've got to do you've got to be make decisions surrounding surrounding that you you've you've got to make decisions with that in mind not so in other words not put it at front doors not put it next to foundations uh you know etc so yes uh, in as much as it is a requirement to be visible we should be taking care as, as to 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 put it in places that it's not going to cause a nuisance.
1: So so hang on a second. Let me just let me just get clarity on this Richard from a layman's perspective. So this device is not necessarily right at the the uh, uh, geyser itself. In other words, if you want to see it, it's not necessary for you to climb into the roof where the geyser is and then and then only find the the overflow. Is that correct?
2: remember that we're talking about the dripping from the overflow pipe yeah so you can you can run a pipe from the valve which happens to be in the ceiling next to the geyser mm-hmm. um and you can run that that pipe within usually would be run in the ceiling in the roof space and be pointed and and, and terminate outside the building and it'll drip typically from a roofs mm. from an eave of a roof yeah so you so you don't you don't monitor the drip from the valve okay you do but but it's via a pipe. You understand? so And that pipe can go anywhere. So you, you don't necessarily have to put the valve in a, in, a, in a visible position, just the outlet of the overflow pipe.
1: Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this.
2: Don't forget to download the
0: all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users.
1: Right, so so let's look at the requirements uh, re- regarding the pipe size or the material, because we're looking at the pipe now. We just spoke about the pipe. Mm. Uh, what requirements mm. are there specifically for the pipe?
2: Yeah, it's not a... Uh, look, the, the standards don't differentiate between the PRV and the TP. Now, we'll get into a TP in a different podcast, uh, but, but, but the standards actually have the same r- rules and laws uh, so, uh, for both of them. So... But for the PRV, the most important is, is as follows: It's got to be the same size at least of the outlet of the valve. So you cannot reduce the size of the of the pipe in relation to the outlet size of the valve. Some overflow uh, uh, pressure relief valve overflows are different si- differently sized than others. It's very important to note that just because you are used to as a plumber putting in size. This size overflow pipe from that, and you go to a, a different installation with a different size valve. You you then revert to to habit, and you undersize the pipe. So it has to be at least the size of the outlet of the valve. That's number one. The second thing, um, which is notable, is that not like or well, unlike a TP valve, which we'll get into as I said in another podcast, but um, this can be of a plastic material because. Th- the, for all intents and purposes, the water that 's being discharged through it is not going to be hot it 's oh. not hot water uh, It's it 's going to be cold or tepid at the worst um, but it 's not going to be like over over overheated water and, and seriously cooking water like like um, in, in other scenarios so it can be plastic The, 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 the problem with no i 'm not going to – retract the word problem the the thing to note about plastic pipe. There's two notable things that you need to just uh, understand about plastic pipe. Number one, it needs to be supported. I'm talking about pipe supports, brackets. Mm-hmm. It needs to be supported much more. Um, to give you an example, half inch or 15 millimeter plastic pipe needs supports every 300 millimeters. So, so now you've got, so now you've got 16 brackets that you've got to put into a roof and 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 and. You know, you've got to install timber to run that, mm-hmm. that pipe against. And we've seen it done very successfully. In fact, and I, 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 very recently I've done, I, I did a couple of audits where, where the, the guys did just that and it was very neat and very nice to see. So, it, yes, it is doable, but it, it's a time factor and it's a cost factor. Yeah. And secondly, um, pipe systems that are of plastic, plastic pipe systems have to be used as systems. You cannot have pipe A used with fitting B. If it's a plastic pipe system, it will have been tested and approved for use with its own particular type of fittings. Hmm. So that's the other thing just to remember. So whatever you use, make sure that you use the proprietary fittings and installation methods required for that system. Alternatively, it can be copper. Um, it can be any acceptable plumbing pipe, right? Yeah. Um, for for that matter, so there's no restriction on what type of pipe it must be. As long as that pipe is an acceptable plumbing pipe, and as long as the jointing is correct, as long as it's got a proper fall to the outside, it's not going to get blocked, um, etc. And it's properly supported. So yeah, the, um, I'm not going to go into any other detail because that's the most important thing for a for a pressure pressure relief valve overflow
1: before we continue with our conversation have a listen to this
0: plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn cpd points our informative and easy to follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za don't forget to follow us on facebook and instagram at articulated plumber
1: richard can there exist multiple overflows at at a single premises, at a single building? And if so, can you join multiple overflows?
2: Oh, that's a very good question. No, no, you can't. You, you, you Yes. So, yes, they do exist, obviously. Uh, so, not only could there be multiple geezers in a particular building, mm-hmm. but there could also be… Uh, mul- well, there are multiple overflows from a geyser. Yeah. So you'll have the PRV overflow and then the TP overflow, for example. Uh-huh. And sometimes they are joined and they cannot be. They, they may not be. So the answer is categorically no, they may not be joined. It speaks to two things pre- predominantly. Number one, if you've got one pipe coming out and it starts to misbehave and if it's joined – How do you know what it is that's misbehaving if it's joined? Yeah. Right. Because now now you've connected two or three things to it, and it's misbehaving. Now you say, ah, ah, something's wrong here. Okay, what's wrong? Oh, I don't know. I must go check which valve it is because three valves are discharging in the same pup. Well, that doesn't do anybody any favors. So that's the one thing. Second thing is if, for example, you join it to a teepee, which is a completely different animal, and go and listen to that podcast as well, the... The the, the the TP could, um, for example, start to misbehave in such a fashion as to damage not only the, the, the pressure relief valve overflow pipe, but also the valve itself. So you you can have a scenario where one thing damages or influences another. So that's why it must never be joined with anything else. It's got to be led outside separately, and you've got to be able to see it, and you've got to be able to know where it's from, and, and, and that's the story. So yeah, it can't be.
1: Mm. just before wrapping up this conversation have a listen to this we would like to encourage our audience to follow Articulate It Plumber on Instagram and Facebook to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulate It Plumber Richard thanks a Stack for, for um, you know again the information that you share in these podcasts specifically uh, you know these technical these technical discussions that we have um, like you said uh, good for both the plumbers out there and for the consumers as well. Um, so thanks for your time and your effort.
2: Yeah, no, as always, Willem, it's an absolute, absolute pleasure. I enjoy doing these things. It's lucky to know that, you know, in some tiny way, we are able to get uh, valuable information out there.
1: Yeah, and make a difference.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do our best. All I can do is, our, all we can do is our best. eh. Huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And then lastly, thanks to our audience. Thanks for having listened and tuned in to this episode. We hope to see you next time.
0: Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.